0: Hey, this is Danny. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, production of iHeartRadio. And welcome to another sub-sub-segment of fictional women around the world. Today, in homage to actress Betty White, who died in December 2021, just shy of her 100th birthday, we're going to discuss one of her most iconic characters, Rose Nilland, from the hit 1980s American television sitcom, The Golden Girls. And actually, uh, today, I was at the grocery store, Samantha, because as we record this, a winter storm is approaching a lot of the country, including here, and people in the South know that that means there's
1: panic buying um, of groceries. and milk, because that's essentially the only things we need. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Which is not good when there's already shortages because of COVID. But as I was checking out, there was a a magazine. And I think it must have been completed before she died. But the cover said, happy birthday to Betty White. It's her 100th birthday. And I got a little Yeah, (laughs) I think the 17th is
1: her birthday, right?
0: I think so. It's, It's near... As we record this, which is the January 14th, 2022, it is close. Because they were going to have a parade, but then people were like, maybe not on MLK weekend, (laughs) maybe a different time. (laughs) So, also, I think we've talked about this before, because there is a classic episode you can listen to that we've run before about the Golden Girls. I still haven't seen the Golden Girls.
1: (sighs) I feel like maybe we should do a live episodes of that since we're doing Sex and the City because as many have pointed out, that was the original Sex and the City.
0: Yes. I also saw an article the other day that said that the golden girls were younger than the women in Sex
1: and the City are now. (laughs) Today. Yep. Yep. uh, To the point on TikTok when a content creator was talking about, can someone please just change the hairstyles and update the hairstyles so we can make a comparison?
0: Yeah. Uh, to see the
1: differences. To be fair, they did age them up. We know Estelle Getty, who played Sophia, was actually a lot younger. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they made her up to be an old grandma. Yeah, yeah. I want to see
0: it. I, I think I'll really like it. I have my good friend Katie, who's been on here many times. She was raised in a really conservative, both religiously and socially and also politically, so that's three things, Um, uh, family. But her and her mom love to watch Golden Girls together. And I just thought that was so funny. <laughs> and yeah, very sweet. And They would, you know, tell me the jokes that were in there, and they'd both laugh at them, and I just loved it. I took the test last night, and I got Dorothy. I don't know if that's right, but...
1: Uh, yeah, I would have thought you would have leaned a little more toward Rose.
0: Reading, the, like, doing the research on this character, I agree. I was like, this sounds
1: kind of like me. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm, I'm, I'm very surprised. I think you need to retake this. Yeah, if you I think need to so. Take this. Yeah, so B. Arthur, who plays Sophia's daughter, was only one year younger. No, one year older than her. Actually,
0: wow. So she was born in
1: 1922, and Estelle Getty was born in 1923. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Some Golden no. Girl facts for everybody. Some Golden Girl facts. Because I would assume I would have been the Sophia. Oh. And she's kind of the like lusty one, isn't she? No, Sophia is the sassy older one, oh, much okay. older, the mother of the character, and I okay. uh, just going in on everybody.
0: Okay. Well, listeners, let us know who you think we are, and I will <laughs> I'll retake this very important quiz because uh, I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, um, we're like we said. You can go see the classic episode if you want to learn more about this show and the impact that it had. But very briefly, The Golden Girls premiered in 1985 and quickly became. A hit. It followed the lives of four older women living together. And you've got sarcastic Dorothy, played by B. Arthur, her Spitfire mother, Sophia, played by Estelle Getty, lusty Blanche Devereaux, played by Rue McClanahan, and Spacey Rose, played for eight years by Betty White, including in several spinoffs, which I know one of them just came on Hulu. She won many awards for the role, including an Emmy in 1986 for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Comedy Series.
1: Yeah, so Rose Nealon, born Rose Lindstrom, was born out of wedlock to a monk and his lover in St. Olaf, Minnesota in 1930 and was known for telling long, nonsensical stories about it. Yes, yeah, St. Olaf just became, in itself, you knew it was going to be good when she talked about her hometown. Mm-hmm. Um, her mother died during childbirth and her father returned to the monastery and she spent her first eight years in an orphanage Believing her biological father was comedian Bob Hope, a belief she held onto until she met him many years later on the show. She was adopted by Norwegian and Minnesota dairy farmers Gunter and Alma Lindstrom and grew up with eight siblings. She was a happy kid and growing up on a farm fostered a love of animals. True in real life for her. Yes. The love of animals, not the farm part.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Rose didn't graduate high school due to a case of mono, but went to college for business, and she also studied Pig Latin. Her parents forbade her from dating until she was a high school senior, um, and between then and marriage, she dated around fifty-six men. <laughs> One of these men was Charlie Neeland, a World War II vet that she'd known since she was a young child. He had sold her an insurance policy on her little red wagon. Uh, they went on to get married and had five children. They were happily married for twenty-two years until Charlie's. Dad Death in 1970, um, he died of a heart attack while they were having sex, and this gave Rose a fear of sexual intimacy for several years. And several years after that, another man Rose was with died in similar circumstances, and Rose had to tell his wife she didn't know he was married at the time what
1: had happened. And hearing these plots, like, without it being in her context, it sounds so serious and traumatic when it was a comedic thing when she would talk about it. Yeah, I was reading (laughs) the weird twist in this Like, knowing her history and knowing how she delivered it versus this, like, wow, this sounds really bad, but it really wasn't, y'all. I mean, it was, and it wasn't. (laughs) Okay. Mm. So she moved to Miami after a few years where she worked at a grief counseling center, though she wasn't great at the job. Right before the series begins, Rose is evicted from her apartment for violating her lease by adopting a cat. Needing a new place to live, she finds an old supermarket bulletin, which is how she met Blanche Devereaux, who let her move in after witnessing her kind act of giving the cat to a boy at the supermarket. And Blanche's space was shared with Dorothy and Sophia. Yes,
0: and the show is largely about the friendship between these women, um, supporting each other and teasing each other. When Rose's friends forge an application that allows her to win St. Olaf Woman of the Year, for instance, uh, Rose refuses the award, but gets it anyway for demonstrating the qualities that they were looking for by being honest, refusing this award. Um, the runner-up was also disqualified for having a literal skeleton in her closet, which made me laugh. <laughs> Rose has story arcs like finding a new job after her pension is eliminated, entering the dating world again, meeting her biological father, a boyfriend and witness protection, and a run-in with the mafia. Love lost, some health scares, relocation with Sophia and Blanche after Dorothy marries. Um, And perhaps because of the lack of Dorothy's constant sarcasm, Rose becomes more assertive, leading Dorothy to comment when visiting, when did she become the strong one? Uh, I must have stopped watching it before Dorothy left. That's the Golden Palaces, I think. Oh, okay. It's it's what's on Hulu now. Yeah, it's a spinoff. Okay, okay.
1: So when you do the breakdown of character attributes, uh, Rose is most often described as spacey, naive, innocent, sometimes a pushover, which is the source of many running gags. Also, it's one of the things that her and Sophia, like it never hurts her feelings, even though Sophia is so mean to her. <clears throat> and she was definitely one of the most charitable, if not the most charitable, often in the runner-up for Volunteer of the Year. Uh, and she has a wide range of hobbies. Hilarious. From cheese making, music, Miami Vice trivia, uh, clay modeling, baking, sewing, and knitting, and is a certified animal lover. According to her, she was a highly decorated scout in Minnesota, and she's very competitive, and she has done her fair share of dancing.
0: Yes. This character also secured a significant fan base in the LGBTQ plus community thanks to her behavior in taboo episodes, also called like after school special episodes. In a season two episode when Rose realizes that a woman named Jean, who is a lesbian who recently lost her partner, has a crush on her. Rose tells her she doesn't feel the same way, but hopes that they can be friends. And here's a quote from Decider about that. With Jean, we see a woman in mourning for her partner, an emotional state that the girls relate to having lost their husbands. The point, subtly made, is that Jean's same-sex love and loss is the same as everyone else's love and loss.
1: So when Blanche's brother, Clayton, comes to visit in season four, Blanche is under the impression that he is as much of a ladies' man as she is man's lady. Uh, However, Clayton reveals to Rose that he is in the closet, and she coaxes him into coming out to his sister, but he instead tells her that he's having an affair with Rose. It all works out, but fact is, he came out to Rose first. And then in a season five episode, Rose learns that a blood transfusion
0: she'd received may have been contaminated with HIV, necessitating a test. However, the results wouldn't be available for three days. And Rose is racked with fear and questions and uncertainty. Sophia starts using a different bathroom than her and marking her coffee mugs with an R. Rose finally pontificates about being a good person how it would make sense for someone who was promiscuous, like Blanche, to get HIV, to which Blanche responds, HIV isn't a bad person's disease. And Rose's results come back negative. But a lot of people wrote about this and and kind of in general, Rose's, um, I guess, innocence or naivety, where she's like a really nice person and she's, you know, with gene, like it's just like, oh, this is another person. It doesn't matter if they're gay, but this being a really big moment where, you know, we all love her and she's so kind and nice and but it's this like learning thing for her and she does take it in and kind of it's like, okay, you're right just yeah
1: pretty big for the time right well and I know we're going to talk about this in a second but just as a reminder because that HIV episode has been brought up a lot and mm-hmm. in, in talking about being bringing awareness and really having that conversation because yeah kind of the Sophia reaction was so derogatory in itself and and looking back on it from where we are today and what we've learned is kind of shocking and offensive but we understand, and they do come back and address it, but we, they, they are the ones that really bring out this conversation at a time that everybody was scared without knowing any, without having any real education. Even the government was yeah. using it as a way of saying this is sin, uh, this is the cost mm-hmm. of sin, and it was ugly, but... We will come back to that. But from Collider, uh, an article states, for the audience, they knew Rose didn't have a mean bone in her body. To put her alongside Gene or Clayton meant comedy gold. Oblivious to Gene's sexuality, Rose has to play catch up. And when trying to be a matchmaker to Clayton early on, he eyes a man and she thinks it's a joke. Quote, she says, he's a man. You're a man. You're both men, uh, she exclaims. And then just a second later, she gets it. There we are. Judging from the laughter alone, the studio audience loved these moments. But Gene and Clayton were not punchlines. They had substantial screen time, and this was incredibly vital in showing positive LGBT representation during a time when life was not easy for that community.
0: Yeah, um, and I believe in that same article they brought up, Clayton actually comes back. Uh, so it wasn't just like a one-time thing, hey. as it often is. A. Hey, um. And yeah, like you were saying, Samantha, this was the height of the AIDS epidemic. There was a lot of misinformation. There was a lot of um, finger pointing and, and stigmatizing of, of all of this. And I think we talked about that in an episode. I can't remember. It was in our modern medicine episode. One mm-hmm. of the women we talked about was said like her big thing was trying to dispel all of these harmful myths, including like it can get... AIDS from a toilet seat. You're right. Which is kind of being commented on here. Editor Peter D. Bate wrote about the importance of episodes like this after his partner Dean contracted the virus. Quote, This was in early 1990, a time when there was still so much shame about the disease. Having grown up in Louisiana, I already was feeling shame about being gay. My partner was dying, and now I was ashamed about that too. I'm feeling on some levels like I deserved this. While editing the episode, Bate dialed in to the words Blanche told Rose. AIDS is not a bad person's disease, and it affected him greatly. And here's another quote from him. I broke down, of course. I had to stop working. And then I pulled myself together. And from that point, right in the middle of my partner's battle, I no longer thought I was a bad person. The show changed me in that moment of desperation. And my God, did the world ever need that to be said. So it's pretty powerful. Hmm. This is one example of the many, many beloved characters Betty White portrayed in her long career career. Uh, Not to mention the body appearances and speeches she made after shocking people who were used to her as Rose, which is funny because she actually, she auditioned for uh, Blanche first, but they thought it would be funnier to kind of play Mm -hmm. against type and put her as Rose. In 2014, she made it to the Guinness Book of World Records for, quote, longest TV career for an entertainer, female. And yeah, a lot of these characters like Rose have had a huge and lasting impact. Right. Yeah, I think this is not for today's episode, but there's definitely been some conversation about how we cover older women celebrities and their death versus men. (laughs) Different episode, but I did, I just wanted to talk about one of the characters she played that I know meant so much to so many people and she did it so well.
1: She did it so well. She really defined a whole new type uh, when it came to characters and being ditzy and who knows what. And, and the storytelling, I don't know if you've seen the clips that were as a way of a tribute to her but when she would ad-lib her stories and how mm-hmm. amazing they were and how amazing of an actress she really was. And and yeah, and the fact that she as an individual, a real person, there's not a bad thing being said about her, that everything she did was in defense of humanity or just kindness. Whether it was she was a huge animal activist, but she was also very much into the anti-racism work and she has been from jump uh, when she was creating shows, when she was creating as a young actress her own career she stood by her beliefs and i love that and yeah these these shows specifically at a time where yes i think we were at a different point in time but definitely more accepting of offensive jokes and offensive uh stereotypes they went against that they did not play on those and it's beautiful to see today yeah
0: i want to watch it i'm i think i'll really like it <laughs> i think you will too yeah. All right. Well, who knows? We've already got one <laughs> watch long party. watch through. We'll have an- another one. <laughs> <laughs> the content is endless. In the meantime, listeners, if there's anyone else you think we should highlight in this segment or any other segment, please let us know. You can email us at momstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Instagram at Stuff Mom Never Told You or on Twitter at momstuffpodcast. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Christina. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff on Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.